0: and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling or coddling. If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. Hi everybody, Megan Thompson here, and I wanted to talk about where parents really start to see the challenge in managing your child's intense emotions and why looking at your child's emotions as a sign of progress, can set you back in understanding whether or not your child's actually making progress. So I want to get a clear understanding of what I'm talking about here. This is part of my you know, science series that we're doing right now and understanding the research behind a highly sensitive personality trait and what you need to do to address the problem. Um, my dog is, is saying hi, so excuse me for that. Um, what we're addressing at this point is when when you are struggling, and you're parenting your child, and highly sensitive parent, parents of highly sensitive kids can say this to me all the time, that they start, you start to notice, and it's hard to discern when you're experiencing daily meltdowns, when you're making progress. Because if your child's experiencing a big motion every day, whether that be outbursts or meltdowns or irritability, if your child's experiencing that intense amount of, of negative emotion on a daily basis, then you have a problem on your hands when we think about that intense emotion, whether that lasts for five, 10, 20, 30 minutes, sometimes hours, I've, I've seen it all guys, what we wanna really get very clear on is where you're struggling and why you're not progressing. And one of the things that I see for, for parents of highly sensitive kids is that you start to look at your child's own emotions and see whether or not that is really giving you a clear picture of what's leading you to, to get some progress. When you're experiencing daily motion and your daily meltdowns and your child's having these big emotions, they're melting down at the drop of a hat. And you're walking on eggshells. And Sorry, guys. My dog is – leave it. Um, when, and they're walking on eggshells. And you're having that problem. Your child is struggling in that moment. You're really struggling in the sense that you're, you don't know what to do. You're, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're holding your breath. And at that point, it's, it gets to the point where you start to get used to it. And so I speak to parents about this all the time. And, and one of the things that we talk about a lot of, a lot of the time is recognizing um, that there comes a threshold for you on what is intense for your child. And when you start to look at positive emotions, when you think about the roller coaster of a highly sensitive kid, and, and their emotions, if they're having daily, motion, daily meltdowns, they're experiencing their meltdowns on a, on a roller coaster, then what you as a parent can start to do is start to get used to that roller coaster and you start to look at the highs and lows as part of your normal everyday life. And when that happens, you start to change your perspective of what's typical for your child and you start to actually change your perspective of what's possible for your child and for your family as well. So one of the things that we talk about when when I when parents get on the phone with me is we talk about goals. We talk about where you want to be. And what I know is to be true is that there are very many of you who don't see how different life can be because you've been dealing with this for so long. So I really want to get clear on this and, and where your barriers are so that you get a clear understanding of, of why you're stuck and and what you need to do to fix it. So. When you're at that point where daily meltdowns are just a part of your life, and they've been going on like that for years, the, the challenge that you're having at this point is that you've started to become numb to that, and your child has become numb to that as well. But your child's numbness is showing up in a different way. The numbness for your child is showing up in a way that they're starting to spiral and worry about their own perspective of themselves. They're starting to feel like a bad kid. They're starting to um, really get core into understanding who their pers- what their personality is. I am a bad child. I am not good at this. I am afraid of my meltdowns and so I can't go do this thing because I might melt down. Or I don't want to be disappointed so I'm not even going to be interested in soccer anymore. And so we start to see that as a, as a part of your child's personality. And you as a parent might start to see that as a ch- part of your personality. Um, You know my kid used to be interested in those things, but now she's more of a quiet child And so I really want to get clear of this because guys you've heard me say this before that Introversion and extroversion does not does not go hand in hand with being a highly sensitive kid. You can be highly sensitive and also be extroverted and so if your child's starting to shy away and change their interests that is a clear indicator that your child is getting used to the fact that their big emotions are too big and they're out of control and so they're starting to come to a new reality now one of the, the big speakers in the field of changing your own emotional experience and how that changes your personal experiences in life is Dr. Joe Dispenza, and he says, your personality creates your personal reality. And that really speaks to me, quite frankly, in my work with parents often, because what we know to be true is that you as a parent have started to change your personal your personality as well, based on your personal reality. And so you start to get complacent, and you can start to get used to where your standards changed. And so I'm not saying that ineffective behavior from your child is is now appropriate but it's just more widely accepted in your household as a a part of life because you haven't figured out how to get out of it and i really want you guys to take a clear look of that because it is very very possible for you to parent a highly sensitive child and not experience daily meltdowns not experience weekly meltdowns it takes a significant amount of shifting and a significant amount of change that you guys need to do to make this happen and it has to take a certain type of personality to want that. And I have to say that that if it's gotten to the point where you've started to get used to that, guys, then then what's going on here is that you've changed your personality and you might not no longer view yourselves as those go-getters or those hard workers because as a result, you've started to change what you think is possible for your family. and And the reason why that's happening is because You started to change what's possible for your kid first, and then you changed what's possible for your family. But you might observe that. But what's very clear to me, and and I want to call this out, is that before you even started to change what's possible for your child, you changed what's possible for you as a parent, as a human being, who's allowed to feel her own feelings, who's allowed to observe her own experiences, and who's allowed to decide how you want to live your life for your family and for yourself as a parent. And so when you start to change what's acceptable to you, then you start to change what's acceptable for your child and you start to change what's acceptable for your family. And that plays into your relationship with your spouse. It plays into your relationship with your other children, if there's multiple. It plays into your relationship with your coworkers, etc. Because at that point, your whole life is different. And what we notice is that this isn't happening with one fell swoop. It's a very slow decline that we call out in these conversations with with you if if we get on the phone. And so what we observe in that moment is what you need to do to fix it. So how do you get out of that? How do you get out of that slow decline? How How do you... wake yourselves up to a new reality and and stick with it and make it make it possible well first what we need to do is really understand what's going on for your child and why you got there in the first place so we already talked about how you changed your own perspective of what's okay and, and and what's acceptable for you and and what i mean by that is you've started to get used to walking on eggshells in your own home you've started to get used to this intense level of stress and now i creep my shoulders up when i'm stressed And I know that to be true, and I switch it immediately. But what I know is that when you're experiencing high levels of stress, you might not even know that you've been carrying that in your body all day long. And then by the time you get to bed, you're exhausted. And so your body starts to take that on as normal. And so when you experience a positive emotion from your child, your body's like, wait a minute, that's not normal. When's this going to happen? So what do you do? You hold your breath you wait for the other shoe to drop and your kid reads that from you. And so they hear from you, whether that's coming from your mouth or coming from your body or coming from your facial expressions, this won't last. And when that happens, your child finds a way to feel and experience positive emotion and you look for hope and that's helpful. Absolutely. But what happens is that your body is trained to stay the same. We don't like change as humans. We don't like change as uh, as human beings because a change is threat. A change is danger. And so there's only so much we can tolerate. And so we fight it. And so one of the reasons why you're stuck is because your body is stuck in this perspective that this is normal. And so you can logic your way out of that 700 different times by Googling and researching different strategies to move out of there if your body's not disconnect, is disconnected from that process then you are not going to shift this problem. And so what we have to look at in terms of where your child is and and where this is happening and why you're evaluating at times ineffectively whether or not you're making any progress, we have to understand the concept of vantage sensitivity. One of my Skills I believe is to explain the research in layman's terms very effectively, and I know with that said, some of you are as are educators, teachers, nurses, doctors, etc. Um, and so you like to have the research, and you like to, to or you have an analytical mind, and maybe you you're, you you have a di- you work in a different field. But you know I've, I've spoken to enough of you to know um, where your specialties lie, and I know that this is helpful to use the words. So. Advantage sensitivity indicates that your child has a higher likelihood of improving based on their environment. So, what does this mean? This means that on a happy day, your kid feels generally, usually happy. If something feels happy to them, they are experiencing happy at a higher level. Okay, so that is a key indicator for you if you're gauging the roller coaster of emotions as a sign of progress, that you're making progress. But what's not happening is, what you're, is whether or not you're evaluating the environment in your home as a whole, your emotional home for your entire household. Where do you guys live emotionally on a daily basis? Are you typically in overwhelm? Are you typically stressed? Are you typically communicating to your child that she needs to hurry it up? Are you typically wondering whether or not the, shoe, the mm-hmm. other shoe's gonna drop? If that's happening, then your emotional home is that anxiety anxiety, frustration, overwhelm. And so your child's not going to make consistent, lasting progress if that's where you guys live on a daily basis. So you have to change that. And one of the things that we do, you know, when I work with clients directly, is we, we evaluate that first. Because you can't look at your child's positive emotions as a sign that things are getting better. Because I, I've, I've done this for long enough to know that your child can experience positive emotion for a fair period of time two weeks for example where you just feel like you have a fluke and then you start to get used to that and say oh great this is wonderful and then when it flips back on its head and things go back to normal you start to wonder whether or not that positive emotion that your child was experiencing was really accurate or how you can get that back but what you're not noticing is that there are ingrained patterns in how you experience your own emotions and how you express those to your child and how your child's expressing her emotions to you, and and when that happens, your child is not able to communicate clearly what they need because, in general, they've got, become complacent to anxiety. So, why is this a problem? Aside from what we've already talked about, one of the reasons why this is this is a huge problem is because. When you change your emotional experiences and how you communicate your needs to your kid, we got to get out the door on time. You need to wear clothes to school, even though they're all itchy. You need to get ready for, um, you know, for soccer, even though you don't want to go. I have to get to work on time. Something frustrating to me happened today and I need you to get your act together. When you're setting those expectations for your child or you can't hit your brother or you know, you need to do your homework before you watch TV or before you do this activity. When you're setting those expectations, the way you do it and the way you set it forth is so much more important than whether or not your child knows how to do the activity. So if you're working on uh, evaluating whether or not your child is positively completing the activity or or positively following through on your expectation on a day-to-day basis, but you're not changing how you relate to your child or how you communicate to your child, then your child is not going to make lasting change. So I really wanna get that clear and, and understand that for you guys so that you have the ability to, to understand why I teach what I teach and why it's important to change the way that you parent and the way that you both of, both of you, if you're in a two-parent household, why both of you need to be on the same page? Because if that's not the case, then the roller coaster ride of your child's emotions is going to be in line and in sync with the roller coaster of your emotions. So you have to work on yourself first. Now, I know this is probably something that you haven't that you um, that you've heard before, in the sense of of knowing where you as a parent stand before you can help your child. But what I think is very important to to discern is that. Highly sensitive kids have a higher likelihood of changing how they experience the world when their parents change. So what this means is that when you change the environment you're going to see rapid progress. And I think at times we can, you know, as parents of highly sensitive kids, you can you can compare your child's experience or or your child's ability to progress to other children who take a while to change what's going on. And and it can lead you to get skeptical about how fast we can make this change. Now I help my clients change their emotional experiences and, and, and eliminate daily meltdowns in as little as eight weeks. And oftentimes parents are wondering whether or not I have a magic wand. And so what I want to help you understand is that we actually use the research to fit that model. Highly sensitive children can change rapidly, but they cannot maintain and sustain that change if you don't change. And that's really what we do. We we change the way you parent, rather than helping your child understand the coping skills and and shift that. Because if you're not doing that, then your child's changes aren't going to last. So this is a very important for you to be be clear of. Because when you're not when you're focusing on less on yourself and more on your child's ability to develop coping skills or manage their emotions or take. Uh, five or you know take breaks or or have a different schedule that's less chaotic, you're not addressing the true root of the problem, and so your efforts are going to be short lasted. And so I really want to compel you guys to get clear on where you are impacting your child's ability to manage his or her own emotions, and how you're doing that. And so I encourage you to, again, watch the master class. And if you've already done that, then go ahead and book a call. Because what we're doing at this point, if you haven't been able to support yourselves in, in changing this dynamics consistently and thoroughly for your family, it, it's an indicator that you need more support. So I would, would highly implore you to get on the phone so that we can talk about where you're stuck, where you want to be, and what it's going to take to get there. Because I don't know if I can help you until we talk it's very important to be very clear about that because some parents don't understand where they need to go and and whether or not that's possible for their family. And so part of my job is to help you see that here in the Facebook group, but if you haven't gotten to that point, we have to do that on the phone. And if that's very difficult for you to discern, then it takes some time for us to be sure that whether or not I can help you. So it's why I have to speak to everybody before I can say that that, uh, this will work for you because it's not for everybody. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of how to parent your highly sensitive child like a ninja. We release a brand new episode every week. So be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen, what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So, To see if we can help you do the same, head on over to MeganThompsonCoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson, and we look forward to speaking to you soon.